Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to episode 30 of Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport roundup. Where have these 30 gone the last 30 weeks? We've been a bit slack the last couple of weeks. Yes, been a bit now you have. You. Not Slack, which has been incredibly busy, so we haven't been able to deliver on the Monday. And you were off gallivanting. Tiff Nadell was off gallivanting in True. Edinburgh last right, week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But we've got a busy week. There's uh, Formula One's back, uh, back in Turkey. Lots of excitement there. The Cajun Academy. Now, what a conclusion that was. We'll come on to that. Yeah. Elsewhere yeah. in the national scene, we had DTM, which ended in a bit of controversy at the GT World Europe. Um, that was concluded in Barcelona. Back home, we have BTCC in Donington Park for the penultimate round. So it's all getting exciting there as well. NASCAR, of course, with plenty of drama from the Charlotte <laughs> Roval. As Roval. Half road, half oval. But <laughs> I think without further ado, as big as Caterham is, we have to kick off with Formula One because it was quite an eventful Formula One. Uh, and it was good. To well, see. yes and no. Yes and no. I didn't know. I tweeted it was a bit. It didn't really kick off. I think I think some, I was frustrated because um, you know Turkey's got this amazing turn eight, you know, which we've talked about when it was shut down, you know, when, it, when it ran its first series, and now we've had two wet Turkish Grand Prix, so we haven't had that awesome, you know, twenty eight G turn eight, which I was quite looking forward to, and it wasn't really much of a race to be honest. Who's clicking now? No, it was me. My cat's run up the stairs. <laughs> so, if I do that... No, that's so very anyone, annoying. That. I know. I'm I told very, you to click your fingers a lot. I'm very <laughs> sorry for our listeners. Um, <laughs> so where was I? <laughs> Turkey. Um, 28 Gs on the turn. And we well, whatever it was. But, you know, the, the great corner. And, and, you know, Valtteri had a fantastic drive, but disappeared. You know, Max just drove around in second place. And it never really caught a light I don't think the, the race and we had that m- magical moment you know when um, Lewis was was trying to get by Checo which was really good you know for four four quarters side by side but apart from that <laughs> well I think that's uh, really yeah I guess so I, I, Mercedes looked like they're back on the pace um, and really yeah. took it to Red Bull uh, but I think the, the talking point is and still in hindsight now a lot of people can't decide what should Lewis have done should he have stayed out yeah. there and 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 risked his tyres or did he do the right thing? He, of course, he disobeyed team orders early about coming in, oh, wow. being out there, and so so that I guess that's the, the main talking point. And I think looking at Ocon, apparently Ocon suddenly dropped like ten seconds a lap. The only one that did go to the end, but he lost you know like ten seconds the last two laps. So he he probably would have ended up fifth if he'd stayed out, and he, and he finished fifth when he changed the tyres. So I don't think it actually harmed him much. So. Um, but it, it was a good fight. It was a good fight. But everyone really, in the end, all 20 cars finished in those atrocious conditions. And they all pretty much ended up where they, you expect them to be, apart from Patrick McLaren. They seem to go up and down a bit. Like McLaren. Lando was, what, he's done eighth, I think. Had a bit of a quiet weekend. Um, Gasly, of course. It's like whenever McLaren do well, Alpha Tori are bad. They would Alpha Tori go well. McLaren, they swap tracks. But, uh, of course, the other controversy was, you know, punting Alonso at Turn 1. And I don't know, there's something about Alonso. I know he's got massive fans the world over, and he's an epic driver. But at times, I think he, he thinks he's more important than everybody else. And he did that deliberate run into the runoff area at, um, in Russia, because he'd apparently been overtaken at another circuit at Turn 1 when someone, maybe it was a red bull ring. 
And so he deliberately did that. That was completely pre-planned to go through the runoff area. And then, you know, in qualifying, he went out on lap one when everyone was worried the rain would come down more. And he set a reasonable lap time because people thought it would rain more with wave yellows. And then sort of, you know, if, if someone else had done that, he would then deliberately complain. And then he goes around the outside of Gazette, turn one in the wet, you know, Formula One cars understeer. Everyone knows Formula One cars basically understeer. So he always risked getting clouted by someone, you know, and I'm glad he did. But, uh, but uh, Gasly got the, I don't think Gasly deserved that. That was a racing incident, turn one racing incident. And, you know, I don't think poor old Pierre could have done much else. Yeah. So, yeah, so Alonso's always stirring it up, but I sometimes think he thinks he's bigger than Formula One. Well, speaking, uh, of stirring, was, speaking of stirring it up, Christian Horner's come out this morning. He's surprised, uh, uh, <laughs> I quote, at the extra speed Mercedes have now got on the on the street. Yeah. Mercedes always seem to have something up their sleeve. And and Christian Horner's a master at sort of uh, getting oh, it psychologically, isn't he? Stirring him up. Yeah, he does, yeah, he does like to stir them up a little bit. But um, it'd be very, very interesting. Of course, Max is now back in the league of the championship. Yeah. And uh, Lewis has got it all to do, but um, it's going to be a phenomenal end to the season. Still, run and run and run. But there's still lots of races. There seems to be so <laughs> many races, which is great for us fans. But I don't know about the drivers. They must be exhausted. I'm exhausted after a few races at the, at the Cajun Academy. <laughs> There's a lot of complaining about still in a... read another story, though. Um, Chandot was tweeting that, you know, they're moaning about 23 races. Too much for our families. And for some time, I think, you know, if you think it's too hot in the chip, kitchen can get out of it it's an amazing job to have and you know if you have a family a young family well then you know stay in the factory and work there you know, i know some people have to go overseas but i think i get bored with people moaning about being too many races to be honest it's an yeah. amazing sport the more the more the nascar boys they race every weekend from about <laughs> january to december but um so yes who's going to win the championship lewis or still gonna be lewis i'm sorry who's going to yeah, win the lewis Who's going to win the constructors constructors championship? Mercedes or Red Bull? Don't care. Don't care at all. But I want to know. I want to know your opinion. The the, the listeners of viewers want to know your opinion. <laughs> I'd be Mercedes because because Checo's not doing well enough. I mean, he had another bad weekend. You know this. That's what Max needs the backup. At least this weekend, um, you know, Lewis had the backup of Valtteri doing the job that the number two is required to take points off the opposition when. Uh, when the cars have got the advantage, but Checo made a mistake in qualifying again. And he ended up third, but he was way back from Max and um, could well have lost that third to, to, to Lewis on another occasion. So, yeah, Mercedes. Okay, good. Um, and I agree. And I hope, I hope you're right with Lewis. Um, I know that we've got lots of Max fans. I like Max. I like his driving style, but he's, he's just that he's a bit like Alonso as well. Is he? Let's be fair. If, if, if Max has got the corner, Max has got the corner. And it, it, it's 50 /50 <laughs> the other way around. Corner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, so let's go. Well, let's get on to some real racing. Real I was there racing. watching. And I tell you, you've what, now finished your first finished. season of Motorsport. Caterham Academy. What a fantastic racing series. It is absolute. Anyone that hasn't seen anything, and, and I'm sure you, you, anyone that's listening in will, will know about it, but the Caterham Academy series runs every year, uh, two different grids, 25 cars in each grid. Um, and it is just the most, and it teaches people how to race, really, or you, you learn how yeah. to race. And it is the most phenomenal experience you could. <laughs> Ever possibly, it's nice. except, except while, while you were out there having fun driving them, <laughs> I was the one trying to work out the points permutations. We had two rounds at Sled for well, last weekend. We'll, we'll, come, we'll come on to that. We'll come on and, to that. Oh. I was just, just going to say, 
and I want to say this with my hand on my heart, out of all the things we've done, I mean, you've done a bit more than me, but I've done some pretty phenomenal things in the automotive world. It was the best automotive experience I've ever had in my life. It was so good. And it's 30 grand. It's 30 grand. And you yeah. need your car. Whole thing. It is phenomenal. But as Tiff said, the point permutations, the points permutations in both groups, it literally came out <laughs> to the final straight, the crossing the line, less than a car's length of both races for the whole championship. Yeah. It was two groups. Two groups. You couldn't make Green it up. Group. It's better than a Hollywood <laughs> script. It's incredible. <laughs> Um, and it's in fact, I was, you know, I was watching it, which you'll see our live report coming on Love Cars shortly. Um, but you know, I was literally in commentary live from the last corner, and I knew that if um, Jeff got the fastest lap, so I had to look at my TSL timing <laughs> on my phone because I knew he was going to win the race as they left the last corner. But it was only when that fastest lap clicked up that Jeff had won it, and not Freddie. Um, so it's just amazing. So, so, so Jeff, know, Jeff Newman and Freddie Chiddicks were, were battling it out the whole way through. In third place was Mark Jones, who's the Caterham uh, mechanic, who's a brilliant driver. Um, but it was really between those two. And, the and white Harry, group, just as close, Charlie but, Lower and, yeah, but and Harry the, George. It was, but in the green group with, uh, with the guys, you're right, Tiff, because it was literally that Freddie Chiddix had the fastest lap until the, final, until the final lap as well. So not only did they overtake each other several times on the race to, for, for position, they literally finished the race within a car's length of each other. And Fred got the uh, and uh, Jeff got the fastest lap, literally on the last lap to win the championship. That's how close it was, and uh, a little bit of controversy. And I think my whole season has been all about um, <laughs> ifs, buts, maybes, coulda, woulda, shoulda. But You've led and lost. It's better to have led and lost than to have never <laughs> led at all, Paul. At least but, you led for a while. You're right. I did lead a few races, but <laughs> briefly. Um, but. Uh, uh, Jeff Newman. So one of the races that uh, did I lead this anyway? Uh, Knock Hill, second day, when there was a big crash, had a big head-on crash at, at Knock Hill. Jeff Newman caused that crash. You know, clearly uh, just a, an accident, and but he still got the fastest lap, even though he didn't finish. He did a DNF. He still was awarded the one point for the fastest lap, and that one point made all the difference in that championship. I didn't. So it did. So I didn't. If that did. was his drop score. No, he still got one point for the fastest lap. So he still took that one point for the fastest lap to that went on his well, point for the championship, even well, though that was a drop score for him. So it didn't count in the end total. It, yes, it did. He oh, got no. the, We're going to have a row about this. We, we've got people <laughs> want to listen to the rest of the world's motorsport. The that group, one point. The, 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 the yes. One point was not part of his final score. Well, according to um, his championship uh, uh, rival, main rival, Fred Chiddix, it was it made up the, the part of his score. So we'll do a steward's inquiry into that one and we'll have a look in, into that and we'll, we'll report back next week. But, uh, uh, but in the white group, you're absolutely right as well. It was neck and neck all season. There were three runners, really, but there was two main front runners, Harry George uh, and Charlie Lower. And um, there was another chap called uh, William as well, William um, James. But uh, again, they were t overtaking many times uh, throughout the race, four position, and it was literally won on the line by Charlie Lower. So what an amazing story. And it's a lovely story as well, because Charlie Lower, and he won't mind me telling you this, he has done it on probably the, the smallest budget of anyone. He hasn't been able to afford much testing or new tyres or uh, nice setups on his car. So he won't mind me saying. So, uh, yeah, a lot of raw talent there. Anyway, uh, 
all of this well. will be in a special catering story. It will. I mean, the world wants to know about what happened to the rest of the world. Now. <laughs> oh, yeah, OK. So brilliant, brilliant catering. Oh, can I just say where I finished? No, no, that's boring. We'll do, we'll do that on the... Which it was way? a good fit. It was good. You're running second in the first race, and then you're flipping out that blooming weak, leaking brake caliper, which I'm was such gutted. a shame for you, I know. And, uh, I, I, and then you've got your brakes back. But all I'm, this will be covered. Yeah, it will. Special story. But, but you know, the, the way you've got to look at this, and, and you, you get so so worked up about the, the moment, and we all want to win. We're all doing this because we want to win. But reality is you sit back and you think, this has been the most fun, amazing experience of my life <laughs> in terms of automotive. So, And it's not going to change my life whether I finish second, third, fourth. What, getting whatever. bored now. Our listeners okay. will be switching off. Do you realise you've gone <sighs> on too long on K-trips? Do you realise that now? There's more catering to come because um, the other championships uh, end in a couple of weeks at Cadwell Park as well. So let's go to DTM. Had some fun. Did DTM, what's the full title of this <laughs> DTM World Series thing, World Europe thing? No, that is just DTM. Oh, okay. There's another World Series oh, of GT world, Sorry, so, GT so the, World Europe. So the DTM some... ended a big controversy because um, it was really, you know, uh, uh, the Kiwi Lawson's sort of championship to win. Um, but this uh, South African kid in his Audi, Kelvin van der Linde, um, he was the man that um, was running second, but he took them all out at the first corner and they banged into each other and they all lost their points. And so Mercedes then all of a sudden came into the title run and they quickly, towards the end of the second race, put team orders and all the drivers and got their highest points bringing bloke to come up to the third to win the final race and take the tempers off of Lawson. <laughs> So it didn't end well. Team orders at that uh, level. It had been building up to such a great awful. race, but, you know, um, Kelvin was just a bit wild. Um, it wasn't Nick Gaston, of course. He was the other one, uh, Lawson. What's Lawson's first name? You don't know either. But it all ended up in a bit of a shame. A for bad driving around the famous Norris ring and B for team orders by Mercedes. Well, so that ended a bit of a can I, can, I, can I just say one little story about team orders? Because people do actually like your stories. We had lots of nice comments and feedback on uh, last week's where there wasn't much going on. Um, it, <laughs> in Japan, you had some team orders about uh, letting a, a very famous racing driver through, which you you, we, I, you should tell that story very quickly because it's such a lovely story that you had a lock up on the final lap because they pulled, pulled it forward a lap. <laughs> Quicker and oh, the, uh, oh, the Danish Grand Prix, not yeah, oh, Japan. Danish, Danish, that's, Danish. that's when I, I won the Danish Grand Prix because <laughs> I've been. I was a sort of second. I was in Formula Four two thousand by then. But I was brought to by Hawk to uh, help Derek Warwick win the European Championship in Formula Four sixteen hundred, uh, and we went out to the Danish Grand Prix, and uh, I rather upset the. Uh, the, the 1976 Formula Ford boys by putting on pole position and beating them all. Um, and then led the race. But I said, okay, I'll let Derek worry by. Don't worry. But I said, you know, as long as he's second and we pull a gap. But obviously I want to, for my own pride, I want to lead until the last lap. And then, you know, everyone will know that, you know, I would have won it if I hadn't let him by by team orders. And when I went, the, the pit signaling was on the last corner before the straight, bizarrely, where the finish was. And as I went back with, with still a lap and a half to go, well, a lap and a quarter, I was looking at my pit, but they're all sort of jumping up and down and waving at me. I said, yeah, I know, don't worry, I know, I'll let him buy on the next lap. And as I looked up again, there was this bloke dropping the checkered flag. So I hit the brakes, locked up all four wheels, crossed the line to win the Danish Grand Prix with all four wheels locked up. And Derek Warwick, about half a car legs behind me, desperately trying to overtake. Um, but it turned out they dropped the flag a lap early. 
But of course, in the regulations, when the flag drops, is over. So um, I think the opposition had bribed the flag man. But yeah, that, that, that was that. That was sort of team orders. Danish Grand Prix winner. Okay, so the GT World Europe. What is that called? That oh, big title. Well, I well I, I'd talk about it more um, if it wasn't for that. We'd have to keep on introducing the Fanatec GT World Challenge Europe, powered by AWS. Now wow. this is a fantastic. It's the old um, Blanc Pan. But it was Blanc Pan. It was Blanc Pan Endurance and Blanc Pan Sprint. We all sort of knew it and it was simple to follow. Um, but of course, it's a fantastic series to compete in. They do the Spa 24 hour races, all part of their series. But you know, there's three different classes there's pros and pro ams and silvers. So there's three different drivers' championships in the sprint and three different in the endurance and the teams have championships. So it gets a bit tricky to do to read out all the winners names um but it finished in barcelona and i just want to pick out one winner because the winners of the pro-am uh fanatec gt world europe championship was my brother's barwell team with their Brilliant. lamborghini they're private on lamborghini so um well done barwell motorsport for winning their uh, their championship in the pro-am category but yeah, it's it's fantastic racing to watch as well. It, it doesn't get as enough coverage, but it's you know it's, it's got good Eurosport coverage and stuff. And but it's just quite complicated with all the different categories and all the different classes. Yeah, well, I didn't watch it anyway. I'll be honest with you. That's why. Nor did I. Nor did I. We do. That's why we've got this. But it's got a good name. Probably got the best name out of any uh, uh, motor race. Uh, can you think of a better, longer name on a on a motor race? No. Below in the comments. No. Okay, so where are we going now? We're going to Donington for BTCC? Well, back home. Yeah, back home. So we've done the international stuff. Back in England, from Snetterton Catrums to uh, Donington BTCC. Another fairly normal-ish weekend, but it was good to see Gordon Shannon back in form. Uh, he was on pole in his, uh, his uh, Honda and won both races. He didn't actually win the second race on, uh, on the road because uh, who was it they shoved? He got a shove in the back from Tom Ingram, who actually won on the road, but he was deemed to have given... Uh, Gordon a bit too much of a shove, which I would have thought BTC is impossible to do. But anyway, um, Ingram was sent back and the Shedden won two races. But then came race three. Now, Colin Turkington made a big mistake in race two. He'd spun at the old hairpin by a driver error, uh, dropped a lot of points. You know, he's still third of the championship trying to catch Ash Sutton. But then it's such an important championship, but it's this sort of made up world with all the extra weight is one thing. But Colin Turkington won. His 60th BTCC race closed up the points gap in the championship simply because Jody Kidd picked ball number 11 out of a fishbowl. That's disgraceful. Well, it's not. It's the way it works. It's a contrived formula that keeps, you know, the drivers and more and more people able to win the championship. But, I just, you know, it's when sometimes I think... Oh, no, that's it, not that's, not, a, that's not a good formula. You can't have luck in motor. Well, they've been doing it for years. That's the no. way they work it. And it brings drama. It brings, you know, surprise winners. You know, someone that hasn't won a race ever in their life, they get number 11 out the fishbowl. And well, they'll win their first two groups. Well, I tell someone who does know how to win races, your old mate Jason Plato, but not recently. Is it going to come? Because he's got mm. a magical number just to, uh, around it. I mean, he did very, race, very well. Qualified, qualified third, third. Yeah. yeah. Uh, drop back. I think second race, he got, he got barged off in the second race, I think. Didn't look too good. He got down about 17th. and He won't be a happy man, Chase. He's very proud. He wants those 100 wins, but um, it's getting harder and harder for him to do. It, I mean, well, you know, we, we, uh, we, we, I'm probably the same age as Jason, and uh, your reactions go a little bit. Your eyesight goes a little bit. Everything goes a little bit. 
<sighs> it doesn't get much Sorry? better. What did it? you say? Yeah, exactly. Quickly. Everything goes exactly. <laughs> Hearing as well. <laughs> so yeah. NASCAR, let's go back across the pond. Leave BTCC behind. Their final round's coming up, so it's still very exciting. Um, but NASCAR was great entertainment. I don't know if you managed to see that last night. And if, and see, it, did they call it a roval, or is that your made-up? Yeah, that's the name. Is it, is it, they it? call it. That is, it's the fish of the roval at Charlotte. And it was the most amazing uh, evening's entertainment, if you were watching it, and, and know all the people, because the subplot that was caused attention was that, I don't remember about three weeks ago, I said Kevin Harvick wanted to rip Chase Elliott's head off because Elliott had... Uh, got back in front of him and balked him so that Carl Larson could come by and win. Carl Larson beat Elliot's yep. teammates. So there was a lot of bitterness after that race. Well, anyway, about a third of the way, or a quarter of the way into the Roval, um, Mr. Harvick got on Mr. Elliot's tail, and as they do in NASCAR, he gave him a thump. Sent Elliot in the wall backwards, the back of his car, the wing was all smashed up. Uh, but it's like a sub, because incredibly, they repaired the car, and out he came with the bits hanging off the back of his car, with the spotters say, don't worry, we'll get him, we'll get him. And the, the whole point, this is the race that decided when it drops from 12 to 8. So four of the people with this race would drop out for the final eight that begin the last four races of the series. Now Elliot was out and, and Harvick was in and um, they were all working out the permutations. And if you can catch him and nail him, then Elliot would be the one who went through and not Harvick. In the end, right towards the end of the race, and it was closing and closing, they just got to within a car length of Harvick. And Harvick, I think, was looking at his mirrors and thinking, oh, he's coming, the boy's coming. He locked up on his own and slammed it into the wall. So Harvick went out. He's out of the series now. He can't make the, the final eight. And Elliot got through to make the final eight. So wow. that was just one subplot. But in the middle of all this, Kyle Larson, who I'm a big fan of and who's dominated the season, he had an alternator failure. And all of a sudden, his batteries down to four volts. He had to pit. They put a new battery in. And they send him out again. And then as soon as a, a yellow flag, they come in. And they've got an alternator belt changed in a really hot oven of a bonnet. Um, and he was out. He wouldn't have made the final eight. This stayed last in the hero, uh, if that had happened. But luckily, they fixed the alternator. And then he came back through the field to, to, to not just qualify, but actually win the race. Uh, got by the last five laps on a restart. And it was just so much excitement and drama because it was in the middle of the people trying to make the last eight. Um, who was it? It was um, not um, who was trying to get through. William Byron had to win because some of the people didn't have enough points. So Byron had it was a must win. That's another subplot. But Tyler Reddick, who's never had a win and not even in the top eight, wanted just to win. And he tapped poor old um, William Byron to so lost Byron the win. Um, Carl Larson came through to take it, which gives him bonus points. There's so many subplots. And if you're into NASCAR and understand all the subplots, there's just so much going on. And it was brilliant entertainment. So do the drivers get a penalty for hitting another one up the rear and sending them into the barrier? It's happened rarely. There was one case when someone was about four laps down, parked up, waited for the guy he had the grudge against to come out and just charged off the edge of the road and nailed him. But they do allow an awful amount of retaliation, tit for tat. Wow. Um, it does go on. Yeah, this is part of NASCAR, you know, and uh, everybody knows it. Crash so, bang uh, wallet. The Formula One stewards, they'd be, they'd, they'd be in meetings all day long, wouldn't they? Gosh, they could give Gasly a tap for tapping Alonso. I don't know what they'd think about it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that'd be an interesting crossover, wouldn't it? <laughs>
So, um, so I, I enjoy it the... a lot. There's only, only, only five races left. Um, that's got this week. They go to Texas, they do an oval, then they've got a short track, and then they've got a road course. Um, so three more rounds will drop it from eight to the final four. The final four going to the one race, winner takes all championship rounds. So um, drama, drama guaranteed. Brilliant. Well, I will watch some NASCAR, especially <laughs> as it's starting to get dramatic. I, I, I'll maybe on fast forward a little bit, but next week we've got some uh, World Rally Championships in Spain. And uh, it's. Yeah, Elfrid. Yeah, as he, as he left it too late, Ogier well, still in the lead. I mean, let's hope it's, for 20, it's 24 win. points now, 24 points the gap. But because Ogier was fifth in Finland and, and you know, Elford had, he closed the gap by 20, just that last rally. So there yeah. is, it is possible. Yeah. If Ogier doesn't get, him, get his act together or has some problems, uh, so Elford can still clutch that with two rounds to go. British GT go to Donington for their final round where Barwell Motorsport, did I mention them earlier, <laughs> are leading the British Championship with their Lamborghini and uh, a good result then would give them their second consecutive uh, British GT title. NASCAR, as we said, in Texas. Bike-wise, there's still some good bikes. The World Superbikes with the Turk top rack. Gasly, ugly, ugly. Uh, looks to hold on to his knee. We've got the two Brits, Jonathan Ray and Scott Redding out. They're out in a new track out in the middle of Argentina somewhere. Hell of a trip for them. Uh, whereas the British Superbikes, they're finishing. Brandsatch Grand Prix circuit, great uh, place for watching bikes this weekend. And the British Superbike title will be decided. They also use a similar to the to NASCAR, but it's more of a point system when they come the thing down. But um, and I'll of course be at Goodwood, the Goodwood members meeting, only there Saturday, driving a Ford Mustang in the uh, V8 race. So just on the Saturday evening. So that's me for the weekend. Fantastic! What a lovely roundup. And uh, yeah, thanks as always for tuning in. See you next week. Cheers. <laughs> See you. Bye. <laughs>